So you've decided to homeschool. And now you have this question. Is homeschooling even legal? You've heard that lots of people do it, but how do they do it? In episode two of Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen, I'll discuss with you the three ways to legally homeschool in California. Welcome to Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen, a podcast covering all the plans a homeschooling mom makes and how they end up somewhat successful. From homeschooling to motherhood to just surviving and thriving in life, join me, your host, as I take a humorous look at ordinary situations to find the serious business of living a satisfying and fulfilling life. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Best Laid Plans of Mice and Jen. I'm your host, Jennifer Villasenor, and I'm here to tell you today a little bit more about my journey of homeschooling and how my best laid plans did go awry. However, that's okay, because it has led me to where I am today, and I wouldn't change that for anything. I want to go over the three different legal ways to homeschool here in California, because that's the state I'm in. And the first one is called a private school affidavit. The second is called a private satellite program, and the third is the public charter school. So when I first started homeschooling, I really didn't know what I needed to do. The one homeschooling family that I knew gave me some direction, but I didn't really know what they were talking about. When my friend said to me, well, first we started out with the private school affidavit, it sounded very serious. And then she said, then we moved to a PSP, which is kind of like an umbrella school. And I'm thinking, is it raining? I don't understand. <laughs> so I needed some clarification. And so with her help and also with the help of the uh, doing research on the internet, I was able to get some information. On the website for the California Department of Education, you can find what a private school affidavit actually is. And I'll have a link in the show notes so that you can check it out. But a private school affidavit is basically a way that you become your own private school. So you sign it every year to say that you are in charge of your child's education. So each year you are taking on the responsibility of being the sole person responsible for your child's education. So that means that you are responsible for the instruction, which must be in English. You are also responsible for keeping all attendance records. And also you would end up doing the cumulative records and also the transcripts, report cards, so on and so forth. So you become your own school. There's a lot of freedom in that if you think about it. The entire world becomes your school. You are not bound by the constraints of public education. You don't have to follow the school, the public school system. You don't have to follow their, their calendar, their days off. You don't have to follow any of that. You don't even have to do school on Monday through Friday. You can even use a Saturday or Sunday in there if you really want to. There becomes this freedom that's kind of neat and somewhat enticing. Also, testing is not required by the state. Now, when I was starting out with homeschooling, I had just gotten out of the public school system as an educator, and I had seen how testing was not a good, I began to see testing as being the end-all be-all, and I was very uncomfortable with that. And in fact, we could probably have a whole episode on my feelings about testing in the public school system, but we will not do that right now. Instead, I just wanted to share with you that I saw this as a great opportunity to find a new way of educating my children and it was very very alluring 
However, I also know my personality. Now my friend who is extremely organized, when I first checked out her homeschooling, she had note cards that were all color coded according to child and they all had everything set up so perfectly and very organized and everything was just in its place and it was really quite a sight to be seen. Something that I somewhat envied to be quite honest because I am not that organized and I know this about myself. So the idea of being my own private school was very enticing. The knowledge of myself and my personality and just the way my family is, there was no way I was going to be able to keep up with all those records. The idea of traveling whenever we wanted and not having to worry about traditional constraints, I was like, yes, that sounds great. But if the price would be this, I don't know if I can pay that. And so I, I thought about it and I really just kind of sat on that for a little bit because I found something else out when I was on the California Department of Education website that my daughter was about to start kindergarten. Mandatory school begins in first grade or when they're six years old. So I decided to use the kinder year as a way, as a year to kind of experiment to see what would really work. And I was right. Be, doing the private affidavit was probably not going to work because I found some pitfalls for me and my personality and for our home and for our family. I found that being um, all alone is very lonely. <laughs> no shocker. I didn't have community. I only knew one other family that homeschooled and they lived a good hour away from me. I really didn't have community to encourage or to figure things out. And it was very, very stressful. And my friend did tell me after having done the private school affidavit, she moved into something called the PSP or the private satellite program. And that became a, what, what it is, is it's like, it, it is also a private school itself, but in this private school, it's all homeschooling families. They give information and they, in a sense, allow for the private school to hold all of their legal records. But as a homeschooling family, you are your own little school as well. So you give them the, they, they'll ask for your attendance, they'll ask for the curriculum you're using, they'll ask for some goals, and you report to them those things. They keep the cumulative records for your child they create the transcripts, they create the report cards. So I thought that was a much better set for me. Again, I really didn't want to have anything to do with the public school. So this idea of being under this private umbrella school sounded great. Here's the kicker. It does cost money. Private satellite programs do require some sort of money because they are doing, they're offering you a service and taking care of all of those records. So if you are looking for something completely free, then it would be the private school affidavit. But understand that you may not pay for it financially, but you will pay for it in having to be very organized. And again, that might work really well for you. I just knew it wouldn't work well for us. So when she told me about the private satellite program, I was encouraged and I thought, okay, I need to find one. And as things would work out, I'd meet somebody new who actually is a homeschooler as well and is in charge of a PSP in a, in a nearby town. So I thought, oh, maybe I should find out about this. So they were having a park day and I was able to go and visit and I met a few other homeschool moms. So now I knew like maybe three or four, it was very exciting. They were very nice, but it was, they met in a place that was rather far from us. And I thought this isn't gonna work, it's too far. And though they were very nice people, I just, it, just, it didn't feel like the right fit. So knowing that that PSP was part of a 
private Christian school in that area, I decided to look for private Christian schools in my area. And when I did that, I came across one that was nearby. And when I reached out to them, I found that it was basically home. We had found the we had found our people. And sometimes again, it takes time for us. We were very fortunate to be able to find our group right away. For others, it may take time to find the right place to finally settle in. But when you do, it's really quite beautiful. They had enrichment classes that met once a week for 10 weeks a semester. And there was a fee to pay for that. But I thought, well, this is this, this would be worth it because I was gonna find a place where my children would make friends. Because remember, we homeschooled. So we didn't meet friends at school because there was no school to go to. I mean, we were the friends. <laughs> so we went ahead and went to, um, we started to attend this, this PSP that had the enrichment classes on Fridays. And then as I was there, I also got to meet other parents and I was really encouraged because I found that it wasn't quite so lonely. When I was just on my own, it was very isolating and I really needed, I needed community. And you know, I would venture to say that if you don't have community, you need to find some because we are not meant to live this life and do this, especially on our own. So I decided though that the PSP was really the best place to be. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, we created friendships. Like I said, we had classes that were for the elementary school kids, then it grew into middle school kids. And then we were able to become a high school uh, provider as well. So my oldest was in kinder when we started all this. And I, my plan was to stay with the PSP forever. I did not at all want to get back into anything that had to do with the public school. I heard rumblings from other homeschool moms about being part of something called a public charter school. And I said, oh, what is this charter school you speak of? And they told me that it is a way that's actually really great that you get funding from the state to be able to pay for curriculum and for school supplies, even computers and iPads and such. And I was like, oh, well, how do you get involved in that? Well, then I realized that it's a public charter school. So it's a public school. You have to meet with a credentialed teacher once every 20 days, and you had to show them uh, what you were working on. And you also had to show them samples from your, from your kids. They also had to do testing with them. And I just really felt uncomfortable with all that. And I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I, I, what I am a credential teacher. And so why do I have to meet with somebody else? And, you know, so I was a little antagonistic about the whole, <laughs> the whole charter school thing. But as time went on, my daughter was probably in second grade, second going into third. And I began to realize that she was having a very difficult time with reading and with math. And she was smart. She was quick and witty, but there was something not clicking and I couldn't figure it out. I honestly thought that because I taught high school, high school English, that teaching a five, six year old to read, I just was really, really bad at it. So, but then I saw that my son was picking up things more quickly and I thought maybe there's something going on. And so the also wonderful thing about the PSP is that you have, again, people to draw on from their experiences and also those in charge have great, excellent advice and connection to resources. And so I spoke with our director and she told me, um, she gave me a name of someone who dealt with 
kids with dyslexia. And so I was able to meet up with this person and was able to get help for my daughter and realize that she had dyslexia. The dyslexia tutor also told me of other things that might be hindering my daughter's learning. And it would be of interest of me to continue to research and find ways to help her. Now, I was not a special ed teacher. I don't have I took a special ed course in my credential year, but that was a very long time ago. I don't have a lot of experience with that. And so I, I really was at a loss as I really didn't know what to do. Of course, I find out that the public charter school, because it is a public school, also has a special education department. And I really, though, still pushing back, did not want to be a part of it. I felt like I was, that it would just be a, a, a backward step. I didn't want to do it. But my daughter needed help, and I could not help her in this moment in time. So I humbly go ahead and apply for a charter school. And a friend of mine had also done the same for her children who also had some, who also were struggling. And as we, we both went through this journey, we were assigned a wonderful woman to be the first teacher in this program. And she was so kind and so helpful. She helped me get through the special education process and I was able to acquire an IEP for my daughter. Hold on. An IEP is an individualized educational plan that follows the student wherever they go, including into college. So it was a good idea to get this. There also had, because it is a special ed program, a 504. If you've been involved in public schools and have had children with IEPs and 504s, you know how this is a very good thing until it's not. But more on that later. It really was another game changer for us. Now, I was concerned. as like, what do I do about the PSP because I really want to be a part of that still that I had, we had made community. We my I had made friends. My children had made friends. What do we do about that? Well, we're very fortunate that our PSP also allows for us to have associates so that we are able to still be a part of it, but they do not take care of any of the legal aspects of our, of our education. It just becomes what we call a co-op. And I'll talk about co-ops in just a moment. So I was able to have the best of both worlds. I was able to get the help that my daughter needed and I saw her start to grow and grow and grow. And I'm really grateful for that. So my plan to stay away from the charter school, yeah, the best laid plans, it didn't work out, but that's okay because what ended up happening is we found help for my child. And so the great thing about the charter schools is that you get a good chunk of money every semester per student. Let's say a charter school offers $1,300 per student per semester. There are two semesters in a year. That's $2,600 a year for one kid to be able to buy curriculum, to be able to buy school supplies. It's a lot of pencils and a lot of paper and a lot of fun because you can buy books as well. And also it's been very helpful to be able to acquire laptops and iPads. The charter school also provides a list of vendors where you can purchase classes and other supplies for your kid. So it is very lucrative for you to be a part of a charter school, especially when money is tight. So now that I have three children, it was really a, a great fit for us until it was no longer a great fit for us. And so this is the beauty about education, also about being a parent. You can see when your child is thriving and you can see when things are not quite right. And if it is in your power to do something about it, then you get to do something about it. The special ed program for my high schooler was no longer working for her, and it was causing a lot more anxiety, a lot more difficulty, a lot more than necessary. So I pulled her out. And so now my daughter is 
solely part of the PSP, whereas my other two are still part of the charter. And I don't know how much longer they'll stay a part of that. It may not last for much longer. It may last a while. I don't know. Again, the beauty of homeschooling is the freedom that you have. You're not bound by anything except your way of thinking. So if it was a good idea to pull my daughter out at the time and I did it, then I did the right thing. Now for my other two, like I said, I don't know how much longer they'll stay a part of that, but for right now it's working for us. And I'm thankful for the resources that are available to them because of that. Now the PSP, like I said, does cost money. So you find ways to make it work. You just do. Your kid wants to be a part of something, you figure it out. We all make it work. It's sometimes hard, sometimes frustrating. It's sometimes you're just kind of wondering, is it really worth it? And then that's when you have to decide if it is, how are you gonna make it work? Because you can do it, you will make it work. Another thing to remember is that it's never gonna be perfect, but it needs to be workable. It needs to have some sort of a payoff at the end, but it's never gonna be perfect. And that's okay. The biggest part though, out of all of this is this last thing I wanna talk about, which is the co-op. And so the co-op, even if you do a private school affidavit, even if you do the PSP, and even if you do the charter school, I highly suggest that you be a part of a co-op. And a co-op is basically a group of moms that have come together and have decided that they want to help one another in the, in the teaching and in the education of their children. A PSP can often act that way. Uh, it just depends on how involved you get with the PSP or how involved the PSP is as a group. Some are very close and some are not. So that you have to find out for yourself. I was very blessed that the PSP that I'm a part of is also the co-op with the enrichment classes, with the park days, with the, with the field trips, with the friendships that we have forged all these years, with friends that the kids have made. I am just so thankful because it has we have created and we are a part of a homeschooling community. So what happens often with moms in the co-op is let's just say you have a mom whose background is in science and she loves to do experiments, then she would welcome her children either into her home or if they decide to do it in a, at a, a, for one of the enrichment classes and she can do some experiments and some science lessons with the kids. Let's just say you have a former English teacher who enjoys teaching English to a group of young people. Hey, She'll do it too. That would be me, by the way. And so I'm very grateful for the experiences that we have to do that. I'm thankful for those who, the moms that understand math so much better than I do. And they're a resource, you know, even if they are not able to sit down and teach you about math, at least, or teach your children the math, at least they can give you the ideas of what might work, what might not work, what curriculums might be great for them and what curriculum might not be good for them. There's so many things that really happen in, in community. And, you know, we're living in a time and in an age in our culture and society that is really trying to isolate all of us. It's truly trying to keep us separated. And honestly, we truly struggle when we don't have each other and we need one another. Making community a priority is so important to your well-being, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. You know, so many times, like I said, they wanna keep us apart, but we are meant to go through these things together. Before there was compulsory school, kids learned at home with their families. And there was a huge support group for raising children. We've lost that in today's modern society. And so the homeschool community is one of the ways that we can make that village that everyone says we need to have. So I highly encourage you to find that community if you are not part of one yet. 
get plugged in, find like-minded people. Once again, you may not find it right away. If you make finding that community a priority, you will find it eventually at the right moment, at the right time. So don't stop looking. And so my best laid plan to stay completely away from the public school system didn't really quite work completely, but I also learned to make it work for us. And when it no longer worked for one of my kids, I didn't have to keep her in it because we're not bound for life to any of these decisions. Our goal as moms is to figure out the best situation for our kids and to provide it as best as we possibly can. Is it perfect? No. Is it all sunshine and roses? No, but there will be moments when that sunshine and those roses are blooming so amazingly that you realize that all the work you have done, even though you, you were growing weary, that you didn't stop and you will reap a harvest. And it is amazing. The three legal ways to homeschool your kids. The first one, to sign the private school affidavit. The second is to be a part of a private satellite program. And the third is to be a part of a charter school. With all of them, I highly encourage you to find a co-op so that you can create friendships and community that will last a lifetime. Also, if you need more information, take a look at the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. There will be a link in the show notes to help you find how it is legal to homeschool in all 50 states. Until next time, I look forward to talking to you more about the best laid plans of mice and Jen. Don't forget to send your questions to best laid plans of mice and Jen at gmail.com. Now on Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes.